Jesse Egan here for the Awful Neutral Podcast. I bet you're wondering what's happening with Gertrude's dudes, and so have we. With the quarantine and social distancing going on, we've had some challenges recording remotely, and we wanted to make sure we got the formula right before returning to the main adventure. We think we've got all the kinks ironed out now, and have some great episodes coming your way very soon. We'll be returning to both Sastagaria and Oboyono, Texas, as well as some other really fun surprises. We thank you so much for your patience and support, and can't wait for you to hear what's coming next. Thanks for listening, affiliates. Stay safe, everybody. Hi, Lothario de la Pulga here. <laughs> Just kidding. It's me, Salvador Viesca. I tried to trick you. I know you can tell the difference between my voice and my distinct character voice for Lothario. For instance, here's Lothario saying the line to his mom. Mama, stop hitting me with that chancla. Okay, now here's Sal talking to his mom. Mama, stop hitting me with that chancla. I'm trying to record a podcast. I'm just kidding, that was Lothario. I keep trying to trick you, but really there's no difference. No difference at all. If you want to make a real difference to us as listeners of the show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes or wherever you get the podcast. Check us out on our Patreon for bonus content and follow us on Awful D&D on all social media. Um, just, just give us five stars, everybody. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Awful Neutral. Last time on Awful Neutral, we found ourselves following a new adventure and became acquainted with a brand new batch of brigands. We got to meet Chud's father, Otta Bingsley, as he tracked down a villainous yawn tea paladin, Pubert T. Burbertson. Botta went to a local watering hole where he knew he'd find an old rogue friend, the thick asimer, Karadactyl. While discussing the bounty boisterously, the able-bodied Aarakocra fighter, Rourke, overheard and offered his services. The three bounty hunters headed straight into danger in order to collect this sizable payout, only to find their target had information about a more perilous situation at hand. As it turned out, Pubert T. Burbertson was actually an undercover agent by the name of Pyth, and he needed help to stop the nefarious cult from summoning a great evil upon the land. While not entirely trusting the snake man, somehow the promise of a bunch of rocks was enough to encourage them to barrel in and fight valiantly against acolytes and an evil priestess. Upon dispatching nearly all of their foes, they noticed the blood was being pulled into the portal, causing it to stabilize. And so the adventurers scrambled to stop the flow of blood using whatever they could find, including a boot, a scarf, and Otta Bingsley's bedroll. That's where we're going to pick it up this week, and so with us we have Jesse Egan as... Otta Bingsley over here. We have Dave Callens as... Rock, the Aarakocra, not a stalk, see? <laughs> Caleb Cleveland as... Pyth. Just Pyth. I'm a very loyal and uh, pious serpent man paladin. And Damien Mercado as... 
I'm the Caradactyl, y'all. And unlike the rest of these jokers, I don't have some ridiculous accent. <laughs> I don't understand a word she's saying over there. I wouldn't buy salsa from your state. <laughs> New York City! <laughs> Alright, so we left off with blood from the lead sorcerer running down the stairs and you realize that all of the blood from the corpses on the ground was being drawn into this gathering portal. We should have strangled him, y'all, not shot him and made him bleed. Now, now, this is what normally happens with blood. (laughs) Jokes aside, you're all scrambling to stop the flow of blood into the portal to no avail. In short time, enough blood reaches the swirling gateway and a big flash of light and pulse of wind blast you all straight in the face holes. My hair. When the portal disperses, you're left with a 13-foot tall, towering, red, vicious fiend with frightful, leathery wings unfurling in front of you. And the mere visage of this frightful creature could inspire nightmares. The terror in front of you is none other than a pit fiend. Oh, that looks like a pit fiend over there. I sure wish I was more than first level. Badabangsley, whatever they're paying you for this bounty, it ain't enough. Holy shit. Yeah, this looks like trouble, see? That guy looks metal as heck. <laughs> Why, thank you, little pipe. Oh, that's it. He, like, starts rolling up his pathetic little sl- first level sleeves on his mail shirt. That was quite the amusing battle I saw. Great effort, I must say, for such vile weaklings. Yep, yeah, appreciate that. So I guess we'll call it a draw then, huh? I guess that's a nice of you to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'd- vile weak. Oh, yes. Vile weak. Yeah, that's us. 100%. Are we the vile weaklings or were they the vile weaklings? You are all vile weakling, silly mortal. Huh. Interesting feedback. I pull out my, uh... Can I pull out an instrument? My lyre? Which is kind of like a harp. And start playing my death song, because I think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Please, please do. I just start strumming the lyre like... Looks like this is it for Bada. <laughs> I've heard of a competition that if he beats you in a fiddle off, you have to give him a golden fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong fiend, fool. And as you play your song, Bada, he swirls his hands around each other and gathers a small red bead of force. And he hurls it in your direction as it grows into a massive ball of fire. That ball's getting bigger. <laughs> Is he shooting it at me? Can I add the fireball to the second verse of my song? There's your fireball coming down <laughs> right at Bada's head. Hey, uh, does he ever say, forget about it, is like a catchphrase? <laughs> forget about it. That was famous last words. <laughs> you have the voice for a crooner. So this ball of flame has an impact range of 40 feet. <laughs> nice, nice. This, so this is going to land between Caradactyl and Bada Bingsley, this giant ball of flame. It lands right between them and explodes 
with a huge radius of fiery death. I need Kara and and Bada Bingsley. I need dexterity saving throws DC twenty one, or you take nineteen fire damage. Pyth is like dreading himself to like run across the room. Get behind me! Get behind. But he's like. 70 feet away or something stupid. <laughs> Here comes fiery death for Bada Bingsley. <laughs> you can be evil and love the arts as well, you asshole. <laughs> uh, uh, Caradactyl rolled a 17. She's going to be burning. Okay, I rolled a 23. Ooh, I think he got it. All right, so 23. That's a save. That means you take half the damage. Instead of taking uh, 19, you'll be taking... Nine damage. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rourke just exclaims, Goodness gracious, great ball of flame. But has got one hit point left. Kara falls unconscious. Caradactyl, you are completely flame-broiled by this fireball. Whereas Bada Bingsley, you are quite crispy, but still manage to stay standing. <laughs> I'm coming, Elizabeth. I got one hit point left, boys. Bada, one hit point Bingsley standing there. All right, Pyth, it's your go. All right, fantastic. What you gonna do? Uh, I'm going to, let me see here. I'm going to run across to, uh, let's see, who looks like they're parbroiled more than anybody else? Bada Bingsley is very badly hurt. I got one shingle solitary hit point left for you, Pit Fiend. Uh, Caradactyl's corpse is smo- smoldering. <laughs> <laughs> Smoldering in life and death. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Is she, she's down? Level one rogue, man. Yes. Wow. All right. <clears throat> With a really melodramatic, no, very Vader-ish, uh, he runs across and... Um, so you are uh, 55 yeah. feet away. Uh, how, how? What's your movement speed? Uh, 30. 30. Okay. You can get halfway there on your turn without dashing. And if you dash, then you will have no actions. I can't lay on hands? No, lay on hands is an action. Yeah, it's something I have to concentrate on. But you can get halfway there uh, and get towards trying to heal her. Or you can dash all the way there. Yeah, um, I literally am living on a prayer, so I feel like I... But at the same time... I, I know I can get more than halfway there. Uh-huh. You know, I'll, I'll just like, excuse me, and like kick over the dead cultist uh, right right in front of him. Can I play Bon Jovi for him while he does that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to dash over and uh, with my pathetic little uh, shield. As you run from his range, he's got a 10 foot range with his tail attack. As you leave his range, he swipes at you with his tail with an opportunity attack. Does a 26 hit? <laughs> oh, I did not see that coming. It was living on a prayer. Oh, oh, you're halfway there. <laughs> he does 19 bludgeoning damage. Oh, yeah, no, I go fall lying. There's a loud sickening crack. Uh, I'm down. So Rourke and Crispy Bada Bingsley. Hey, Crispy's my middle name, hey. Crispy's my brother's name. <laughs> Maybe it's adrenaline, but you swear you see a micro flash of light right before your friend takes the tail. <laughs> Rourke, it's your go. 
Hey, as long as we're having a barbecue, let me carve up some of this meat. I'm going to attack it with my swords. Are you attacking our corpses, or are you attacking them? No, I'm right next to them, pit fiend. Okay. Rourke, un- <laughs> accepting his fate, doesn't go down without a fight, and swings at the pit fiend with his can, swords. Can I inspire him at all with one of my death songs, or no? It's unfortunately not your turn yet. I think the smell of your barbecue is, yeah. is inspired to me, though. I honestly, Dave, I'm kind of disappointed. I thought you were going to go all in with the pit fiend and be like, hey, you want in on this? And just start <laughs> carving up some of our bodies. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, Dave, that 12 is not going to be enough to get through the crazy tough leathery skin of the pit fiend in front of you. Then do one more because I have two attacks. Absolutely. Roll that digital die. Ooh, got a 24 on that one. Ooh, nice. A 24. Actually, that's a natural 20. Yep, that's going to hit for a total of 12 hold damage on this pit fiend. After your first strike glinted off his leathery skin, you steeled your resolve and struck as true as you ever have. A blow that in your experience would outright kill any foe you fought before. This pit fiend stands there as if he took the tiniest scratch. This is without a doubt the most intimidating enemy you have ever faced before. And that brings us to Bada Bingsley, who with incredible luck is still standing. Whether it's good or bad luck, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing my Lear. And, um, and I look at the Pit Fiend, and I use my action to sing him the final verse. Listen, Piffiend, I actually traveled to the future to listen to a song by CeeLo Green. It goes like this. When I see you driving around town with a girl I love, and I'm like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> He's like, that doesn't even rhyme. <laughs> they changed it to forget you for the radio, but you know how. You know what he's trying to say. He's trying to say, fuck you, Piffiend. <laughs> Do you need me to roll dice on how amazing that song is? Uh, yeah, go oh, ahead so cool. and, and roll a performance check. A performance, 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 performance. Oh, shit. A five. <laughs> he hates this song. It's probably because you're you're so torched right now. You're having a little trouble singing adequately. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I want him to hate this song understandable and he absolutely does hate the song and he wants to kill you all the more but first the tasty bird Rourke is right in front of him and he's gonna make a big old bite attack did my song happen to inspire Dave at all? (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah Dave we can call that a bardic inspiration uh Dave you can take a 1d6 die towards your next uh, attack or saving throw. Got it. Um, and he's go- but but right now he's going to uh, try to bite you <laughs> with a 21 uh, bite attack. Does that does that hit you? Well, I mean normally it would, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm such a dexterous bird. <laughs> no, he definitely got me. My armor class is 15. So that is uh, 21 
piercing damage. You're a dead fucking bird. Bada Bingsley, uh, right as this pit fiend just lunges forward and his mouth gapes wider than you could imagine, you see these these big chompers clamp down on your new friend Rourke, the Aracorcra, and again, right as the teeth are about to clinch, you see this flash of white light. And Jesse, just uh, just to describe a little better, remember in the old Looney Tunes cartoon when Sylvester would stuff Tweety Bird in his mouth? <laughs> yes. That's, that's what just happened. <laughs> that's what happened, but then there was yeah. a flash of light. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which I feel like is a clue, but is not helpful to us since we're all dead. <laughs> it is true there is only one left standing, and with that, the lower half of Rourke's body drops from the pit fiend's mouth. He turns and bats it with his great club right at Bada Bingsley's face. Can I put down my leer and flick him off with both hands? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, make a uh, dexterity saving throw. This guy using my legs as a weapon. That's so disrespectful. <laughs> Shad, that's a good name for a son if I ever want to have one. Yeah, that's the last thing I think. As I roll a seven <laughs> in my dexterity check. With, and that's with a plus four. I just want to point out how badly I roll continually. That's a, hey, you're I roll on a fire right now. I have so. a plus four. That's a seven. It's in the blood. So. The Bingsley blood. The Bingsleys. <laughs> we roll for shit. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I flick them off. Double flick them off as this torso comes out. <laughs> it's so beautiful. With that roll, I'm going to say Bada Bingsley didn't even try to dodge. He just stood there firm. Double fist flicking off that pit feigned. And Rourke's lower half spread eagles and hits Bada Bingsley square in the face with his crotch. Oh! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's gonna do, what, 5d6 bludgeoning damage from Rourke the Stork's corpse. From half the corpse, be fair. After the way you described that, I'm picturing the uh, lawyer on the toilet from Jurassic Park. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right as this crotch is about to smash your face, you see... I guess a flash of white light. <laughs> saved by the bell over Well, saved by the something. A flash of complete darkness. You don't see any light. Uh, Are we gooey? No. Side note, by the way, uh, Rourke took a little bit of extra damage from his crotch getting hit by Bada Bingley's head. <laughs> I got horns. It's complete darkness for all of you. I can't see nothing in here. Are we dead? Are you guys here? I've been here for a bit. Are we dead? Well, who's that? This is this is Caradactyl, the son of a bitch who followed you to her death not more than a day ago. God damn it. That's on me. I'm sorry, Thuts. No, no. That was 100% me. I, uh, if I, if. My father would to see me now. He'd be like, well, yeah, that's about what I figured. Can you imagine how many rocks we would have gotten if we had taken in that bounty? A lot of rocks. Oh, my God. That pit fiend, was, he looked like he was made of rocks. Go ahead and uh, roll me either religion or history checks, everybody. Done and done. I rolled a five in history. That's with a plus three. Ooh, I got a 19 plus 120. Nice. Dirty 20. Can we go back to Call of Cthulhu, please? <laughs> <laughs> it was easier. Uh, Pyth, do you have a uh, plus to your um, 
religion check? Correct. I have a... It's a plus three. I rolled a 14. Okay. Yep. So, Pyth and Rourke, uh, especially Rourke, it dawns on you that this is unlike any afterlife situation that you've ever heard of. You'd imagine something else would have happened from everything that you know, and this is not normal. I don't appear to be in the arts and crafts afterlife of Chontia. There's a lot less wicker and fewer god's eyes than I would have imagined. <laughs> Gotta tell you, this is pretty underwhelming. What does it look like? Oh, it's a, it's complete pitch darkness, uh, and it sounds like completely hollow. Like there are no walls. There's no echo. It's just you you hear what you hear, and th- there's just no other sound in complete darkness. And you don't even feel like ground. You're just kind of there. Um, and you can't really see each other. No one seems like... Everybody seems the exact same distance from each other. You can't really audio locate where anybody is. Say, so, uh, look, I don't know where I am. And I can't audio locate nobody. Hey, you guys, this, uh, this feels a little familiar. I think if you wait a second, uh, the bass is going to drop and the lights will kick in. And that's when um, the lights kick in and your feet touch down in this uh, strange room. It's really purple. It's not bright light. It's dim light. And there's these uh, large arrangements of purple crystals that are pulsing, giving off this light show uh, almost. And it's thrumming. You're all lined up next to each other. And Bada Bingsley, you look really bad. You look so toasty. Wait, no. um, You look better and better and just some ash like kind of crumbles off of you and you're a hundred you're like you're like you never took damage in your life you you look great you're all in perfect conditions and my third degree burns wow. are healing look up at this you guys yeah i'm a i don't know if you can see this I, i'm a little ashy i need a moisturizer but i feel good and my spine isn't broken anymore Hey, am I sitting my torso next to my legs like the chicken Beetlejuice on the couch? <laughs> no. Uh, in fact, uh, you you showed up completely whole, uh, like, like just tiny little indents in your armor. You just see little, like, rub marks where on your leather armor where the teeth were would have uh, pierced. Like, you were, you were blinked here before you got bit. You never actually got bit. As, as well as you, Kara, you have just a few singe marks on, on your clothing that uh, heal themselves as you start to come together in this, in this new purple crystal-filled thrumming room. All right, is the stone reflective at all? So the, the floor is like this matte purplish black like marble uh, or mm. granite-looking floor. And the crystals um, are all shiny. The, the walls are kind of matte black. So the, the, there's shiny crystals and, and matte surfaces. I ain't much one for religion and all, but uh, uh, what hell are we in? I don't think this is one of the hells. I don't know, but I'm inspired by our new song. I start singing shiny crystals. <laughs> <laughs> it's just coming to me. At this point, a doorway opens up in the middle of the room dome shape protrudes from the floor making like an igloo shape with a door into it 
and the doorway is filled with a shimmering energy, like it's uh, some sort of portal of some sort. Look at that portal over there. Wait just a moment. Well, I hope we don't get another pit fiend coming out of this one. Does anybody see any rocks we could steal in this place? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if we found any rocks that we could take them with us. Are there any other details in this room besides the magnificent, beautiful purple walls and, and the uh, shiny crystals? You can roll investigation checks. I'm trying to figure out what sort of alignment, or like where, if there's some sort of source or icon or something that goes with this room. Uh, so, yeah, it w- it, would it be an, an investigation, you said? Yes. Okay. Oh, dear. I haven't found poop. Pyth rolls a, a three. He can't see. Uh, he's just flabbergasted by all the magnificent purple, uh, like, marble and stone and what have you. Yeah, Pyth doesn't see... Yeah, work work rolled a five. I don't see... You don't see any, like, indications. There's just a complete lack of information in this room. There's no patterns to be noticed other than, you know, the crystalline structures. Chirodactyl said, Men, step aside. Let a lady who knows how to investigate things get in her way. I used to be a detective, by the way. Sad story. Anyhow, I ended up rolling a 19. Um, you, you see that these crystals are really nice <laughs> and they're very intricately grown. There's a lot of symmetry a crystalline structure on the bottom right of the room. It matches one on the top left of the room. Such symmetry. It's so complex that it's hard to see the symmetry, but you see that everything is, like, balanced in this room. You know what I just realized? Crystals ain't nothing but shinier rocks. I bet this is worth even more than the rocks we were going to get. Oh, we let's just get through the damn portal. I know we can't steal this thing, but... Crystals, I think that's where it's at. You just blew my mind, though. You blew my freaking mind. Shiny rocks. Holy cannoli. We'll come back for these. And indeed, Miss Dactyl, you are twisting my melon, man. Rourke did roll a 20 on a religion check. And, you know, nothing showed up on his radar of what this room would be. Um, outside of a, an investigation check, his, his religion, and just looking around, he doesn't see any markings that remind him of any god or any any type of deity that he's ever heard of. There's just, there's like a lack of information in this room. Caradactyl is going to go inspect the portal. Work just um, figured we need a, a guinea pig for this. I'm just going to kind of give a little push of the back and push her through. Okay, Rourke, give me a dexterity saving throw. Uh, ten. A 10. Right as you go to push Kara, who is like leaning right at the portal, right. she turns back to the group to relay that she doesn't really see anything. And you, you go to push her and she just turns right out of your way and you lose your balance and you go through the portal. Serves you right, you double crossing Judas. Ah, son of a bitch. I love that trail off. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Language. And Rourke, I'll tell you what you see in a moment. The way it went down, it di- he didn't even really get to give a real good push motion. He just barely started, so you can't quite tell that he what he was doing. Oh, well, that's very brave of you, Rourke, to jump on in. All right, well, I ain't going to be showing up with no giant stork. All right. I love pickles, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
So do you jump in or do you, what do you do? Oh, no, she just wanted to have her voice trail. <laughs> yeah, she jumps okay. in. <laughs> uh, so Kara uh, jumps in right after the brave Rourke has no idea that he tried to push her. Bada, Bingsley, and Pythe. Shall we? Yeah. Into the void. The hell with it. I'm going in. I'll save you. We dive in. All right. With no information, but... Uh, but their plucky spirit. Pluck and vinegar. <laughs> they take the opportunity they seem to have been offered with the door arising to them, and they go through a portal. <laughs> Why the heck not? Rourke, you went first, and as you fall through the portal, you feel like you're you're falling forward and then down, 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 down. Yeah, this is how falling feels normally. And then you see like a pool at the bottom of this that comes into view. It's in this really dark, but somehow you can see this deep pool of inky liquid. I, uh, if I see this pool and I'm falling, I'm going for my best dive. I'm just gonna, you know, arms down, head back. Roll me an acrobatics check. Acrobatics. Uh, 25. Oh my. Uh, it's a 19 plus 6, 25. As he lands in the water, judges give him <laughs> scores of 10, 10, and a 9.9 .9 from the Russian judge. Uh, yeah, if there was anybody to see this, um, actually, Kara is able to see you. She's not too far behind you. You are just doing these backflips and twists and jackknifes. You have plenty of time. You pull off so many... Hey, it's uh, it's called a triple indie, bud. Get with the program. <laughs> he pulls a triple indie and flips into the water with nary a splash. Ha! <laughs> Damien, natural 20. Caridactyl will not be shown up at all because she just rolled a natural 20. Beautiful. Her acrobatic skill isn't as good, <laughs> but with sheer determination, she... She gathers together her will and just is this perfect dive. It's like, you know, the classic Robin Hood moment when someone shoots an arrow and Robin Hood splits that arrow with his arrow. <laughs> she hits the same spot in the water that I went in, but with zero splash. I like actually eliminates any splash that I had. And I had to do that with these childbearing hips. <laughs> Describe your dive, Caradactyl. It'll be the exact same dive Rourke did, just with one more spin and <laughs> one more turn. <laughs> And way less splash when I enter oh, the water. And a wink to the judges right before she breaks the water. <laughs> and a perfect 10 from that Russian judge. <laughs> and with incredible dexterity, this lovely creature, this angelic <laughs> celestial Asimar makes a beautiful dive that could bring tears to your eyes. It was a fantastic show. The only person to see that dive is... Her new companion behind her, Pythe. Yeah, this Yanti Paladin with all of this armor, carrying a shield. He, he, he would be foolish to attempt to do such a dive. Um, but Pythe, what did you roll? I rolled a 23, which is exactly what Kara rolled. Natural 20. Real quick, I want to go on record real quick uh, that screw you guys. Because I rolled a 19, you both come behind with natural 20s. Also... <laughs> I love that we're getting these rolls on an insignificant dive, it's in, not when we need them in combat. <laughs> no, this is the, exactly this is how it works. <laughs> I love delaying the story for just a little bit to make our uh, stork friend over here feel like <laughs> shit for something he did legitimately well. Now, Pythe, describe your dive with all of your armor and your chunky yanti ways. 
You slithering man, you. Listen, just because he rolled a 20 doesn't mean it has to be perfect. He could have nailed just an amazing cannonball. Uh, That's why I asked him what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he he sees what everybody else is doing, just is... Uh, wants to put his best foot forward. He doesn't want to, you know, he's not does, not looking to eclipse anybody's performance, but he's going to have a go at uh, uh, slinging his shield on his back. And basically all he does is like draft right behind Kara and uh, sort of, he, he does this little uh, Captain America, you know, shield behind him, fist forward, his cloak fluttering in the breeze. And he's just like, yes, you know, and... Uh, Kara's absence of splash, he uh, disappears right into that. (laughs) The ever-so-round snack boy, Pyth, uses his expertly trained athleticism to try and fit in. Under the chunk, this guy's got abs of a frickin' anaconda, (laughs) and he uses them to do the most beautiful, slow, single backflip with a single drop of water splash, just like the tear rolling down the eye of anyone witnessing this. <laughs> Can I do a can opener? You just need to beat Rourke. That's all that matters. Uh, you you got to roll for it. Okay, what do I roll? You can do whatever you want. You just got to roll in ac- acrobatics. I rolled a 15 in acrobatics. 15's not bad. Good job. Normally, that would be good to upstage everyone. However, you have a tough class ahead of you. <laughs> Bada Bingsley is so amazed with his friends and he's starting to make some good maneuvers in his descent, but (laughs) seeing those three dives in a row, he gets uh, a little intimidated. And though his dive on a normal occasion would be well-received, he's happy that there is no one left to see his splash because it was the least impressive of the group. That's horrible. You just lost Dungeons and Dragons. Path, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Were you on the dive team too growing up? Oh, that's amazing. Maybe you and I can give some dive lessons to these two when we're all done here. No, no, no. Uh, we just were natural swim. Oh, you're not talking to me, never mind. So- I absolutely was talking to you, sweetie. Oh, well. I mean, I also was trying to shit on the other two party members, but that's done through subtext. Rather untoward, I think. You, the old, you all get a C plus. You all did very, very well. You are, in fact, somehow able to say all of this despite the <laughs> liquidy, weird substance you're in. In fact, it doesn't inhibit your ability to breathe or speak whatsoever. It's a weird, thinner than water, thicker than air at first, and then it thickens up to be more like a molasses after a while. And as you descend, eventually you do touch down on a solid surface but then even that gives way and you droop through into another room like through a glass ceiling and you're left 150 feet up in the air about to fall with almost no time to react you guys i think we got dosed if we hang out for a minute we might come down can we just say that uh, kara breaks the glass ceiling your, your fear of heights is going off the charts right now, Rourke. Oh, this ain't good. Somebody help me. And as soon as your feet leave the ceiling, you drop about six inches before gravity reverses and you land on your feet right where you came out of what you thought was the ceiling, but now feel to be the floor. 
If anyone's scared of heights, just try to hit the ground fast. I don't think anybody's afraid of heights here, right? <laughs> I can't imagine anyone being that craven, so no. <laughs> you find yourselves in the largest hallway you have ever seen in your lives. Oh, look at the size of this freaking hallway. It's bigger than the biggest hall I've ever seen. I've been to Hollywood. I've seen always, but never like this. This is a hell of a hallway. The level of craftsmanship in this hallway is phenomenal. This is like some sort of grand palace of unimaginable scale. It's at least 150 feet tall. It's about 300 feet wide. And... It is just incomprehensible how long it is. You cannot see an end in sight. And there's doors on either side of the hallway leading all the way down off into the distance. This is insane. How are we going to get all the way down the hallway? This is too long. You got away with words, Mr. Bob Bangsley. Thank you. I was going to write a song about hallways in a minute. He's rocking the crap out. You are always on my mind. <laughs> oh my god. You got a real talent, Mr. Vodabexley. Hallways and forever. This hall gonna make me lose my mind up in here. Yeah, up in here. Well, this might be the most talented bounty hunting group I've ever come across. Yeah, when this is over, we should form a jug band and go on tour. Can we call ourselves Hall and Oats? Is that taken? <laughs> Hallways and Oats. Pythas just shaking his head. Come so far, and in the end, doesn't even matter. And it is at that point when you start to notice a shape growing in the distance as it ever so slowly approaches your party. Uh oh. Hey, anybody go to shapes? I can't tell what this is. Pyth readies his uh, his his uh, scimitar and his shield in front of him. Get behind me. In case it's another one of these gargantuan pit fiends. I'm, go- I'm out. Stealth roll. Oh, stealth roll. <laughs> there is, there. you are in the middle of a hallway with absolutely nothing to hide behind. Can I duck into one of these doors? And as Caradactyl starts running towards this door, you guys notice that any time you're not looking, this shape grows incredibly closer to you. For every step Caradactyl takes while not looking, it takes like a thousand. For every blink of the eye, it's easily a minute closer to you. It's like a ghost from Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like that, except much, much bigger and extremely quicker. As it gets close enough, instead of the silhouette of a ghost, you see what looks like a very large but still squat frame of a lowrider dog with big ears. People on this plane of existence would recognize this as a corgi. (laughs) This gargantuan dog has legs short as hell for its size, and this beast comes bounding up to you in the cutest way possible. (laughs) Um, But it halfway fills the hallway and reaches near the ceiling as it bounds towards you. It finally screeches to a halt and slides like a corgi does where their butt gets ahead of them on the ground. (laughs) And you can see why the hallway is as wide as it is. Gets its footing just in time not to crush all of you. And with a happy 
dumb, lucky look in its eye, it greets you. Now, to really describe what you see here, folks, you see this corgi is adorned in scintillating attire, which appears to be the most exquisite armor you have ever seen. But again, if you blink, it changes, and you see something entirely different, perhaps decadent robes or an elaborate runway-worthy apparel. That dog was wearing a Nobama shirt for a second, I think. <laughs> if you take too long trying to comprehend what's going on with this apparel, it makes you feel nauseous, and you are forced to accept it is infinite and incomprehensible. Ugh, don't look at that corgi kaiju shirt for too long, I'm warning you. This cute dog's fashion choices are making me ill. <laughs> if you don't focus on the outfit, it's it's a beautiful image, but if you pay attention to it, it makes you uncomfortable. It causes you to adjust your focus to the deep, mournful puppy dog eyes of this gargantuan corgi. Staring at that shirt feels like somebody sniffing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't say aw? Ain't you the most terrifying, cutest creature I've ever seen? Oh, thank you. My name is Persepolis. Very good to meet all of you. Oh, um, I love his voice. He talks too. He talks. Uh, listen. Oh, um, he's a good boy. I am, uh, someone you've never heard of. I am Persepolis. I am a demigod of time. Or a demigod, if you will. We will not. Sorry, I'm terrible at jokes. I hear crickets. You got, you guys got a cricket infestation down here in this, in your palace? Oh, no. Um, speaking of which, we thought about taking Gertrude uh, as soon as she, well, did you put it together? You almost died, but then you didn't. I saved you from death by taking you out of your timeline. Who's Gertrude? Who is that? Gertrude, was that the name of that demon? Oh, right, you wouldn't know. Uh, we looked into taking her, but uh, she makes even worse jokes than I do, and it just wasn't gonna work for me. Hey, real quick, are you guys as drunk as I am right now? Because this is getting weird. <laughs> you hear a bunch of corgis in the background. Quiet down! I like uh, having corgis in my court because... Uh, you know, we're just so darn cute. He's like the queen. Anyways, anyways, um, here's the deal. Um, so I am trying to save the universe. And the thing is, my power... Well, good luck with that. We got a bounty to cash in on. Oh, um... Yeah, we got some rocks waiting for us back home. Can I say, I, I would like to uh, speak for my compatriots here and uh, say, first off, thank you so much for saving us from that disgusting pit fiend. It was killing the shit out of us. It was Ragnar rocking us. <laughs> Bada Pingsley, I am so sorry about that. I wish that you had taken more damage that first hit so I could have just taken you out of the timeline. The thing is, I can't take people from a timeline unless they are within, like, a millisecond of dying or else screws up everything in time. There's only so much I can do. I can't affect timelines directly. It's It breaks the rules, and the rules actually, they're not just like an idea. They're a magical force upon the land that have consequences if you break them. Uh -huh. But Persepolis, weren't rules made to be broken? Uh, no. I, 
Not so. Not the rules that you're talking about, baby. Yes, you're a rogue. Very good. I'm talking about the rules that govern the way the universe works. I can't break those rules, or it will break the universe. Sounds a little timey-wimey to me. See, the reason I have my powers is I'm kind of in charge of stopping other people from breaking time or other such universe-breaking events. And um, see, my power is limited, so I need, in certain circumstances, some heroes to venture out of this plane for me. Well, I get that. It's tricky. It's tricky to rock around on time. I can't leave here my plane of existence, but I can, you know, borrow things from it that won't affect timelines, and that's how I got you here. <laughs> so, let me get this straight. You're a demigod dog of time? Yes, that's my speciality. And, and you've chosen us because we are so insignificant that our absence will not affect the timeline at all. Yeah, well, it's... It's not quite that simple, but, um, you know... Did you happen to see those dives back there? Does that sound uh, insignificant to you? Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you are incapable. You actually, uh, that's also why I got you guys, is um, usually I have to borrow people from different events, but this was amazing. You all have incredible potential, so, uh, is the thing. We were scheduled to die. Right. Yeah. Yes. Scheduled is it's not right term, but uh, we'll use it. We'll go with that for now. Let's not get into semantics or else this will be a very boring episode of Awful Neutral. Little meta, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> we was penciled in for death. We get it. You, yes. You saved you saved our level one butts. And uh, hopefully right. we will uh, be able to help you repay that debt. That's how I see That's strange that you know of my ranking system of how I uh, value your abilities. Yes, you are level one right now. That's, huh, weird. I figured that was just the level in your religion, like, you know, we're level one Scientologist or something. <laughs> Actually, that was just the name of the top 100 hit that I had. It was called Level One Butts. <laughs> so, that is right. I've heard that one. That one slaps, honestly. It does. I like level one butts because I roll one die. That's that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a response diss track to Sir Mixlot that night from the Northern Kingdoms, right? That, that is right. And, uh, you know, he, he claims that he cannot lie, but uh, he does. <laughs> oh, he is a big liar. He's actually great at lying um, so from what I've seen. So, anyways, let's get down to um, Platinum Tax. Uh, Ooh, I like the sound of that. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, so, yes, I saved you. Uh, yes, I brought you here. Um, you got a choice still. You can either be my heroes, you know, or you can just kind of uh, find something to do here on my plane. There's other people that don't accept my requests. There's other people here that aren't being the heroes I thought they could be, but hey, they're out of the timeline. They get to stay. What can I say? What you're saying is you need a hero. You're holding on for a hero. Well, to the end of the night, he's got to be strong when he's got to put up the fight. <laughs> yeah, I think that describes us. Yes, I don't get the reference. Is that something from some plane I'm not, not familiar with? Does working for you entail that we fight more pit fiends and stuff? Because if so, I might just 
fine little hair salon here in your little ultra mall. Well, let me, uh, let me say this. Not right away, no. So, you work for me, you get, um, powerful stuff, first of all. You get, uh, pretty much any item that you want. Uh, there are limitations. I have to use my powers to borrow these items from other timelines. Done. I'm in. I'm in. I, I'm in. You've sold me. That last line got me. Cool. Is this, uh, is this a union gig? What's the break situation here? When you say that we can have anything we want, does that include saxophones? Oh, <laughs> um, yes. A magical saxophone, a fancy one that gives you bonuses to your spells, even. Plus, here you go, Mr. Bingsley, a plus two saxophone, which increases your spell attack rolls and spell DC by two. I can, I got that right for you right here. That's unbelievable. It's like you read my friggin' mind over here. Um, you, you, you were holding your lyre. It's now strapped around your back and you're holding this. I break it over a knee. Amazing. No, no, I do, I I do strap it to my back. I need my lyre. No, it's already strapped to your back and you are holding this magical saxophone now. Can Um, I test it out like Homer? I actually talk into it. I go. Saxophone. Saxophone. It sounds amazing. It's like auto-tuned perfectly as it echoes out, and it, you know, like there's like a little bit of a beat that starts to drop. Holy shit! I sound like T Pain through this thing. Thank you. So yeah, so uh, there are limitations to this. Don't ask for too much because I can only borrow so much from timelines, and the rarer the item the harder it is for me to maintain it in your inventory, because you won't, you don't actually have that right now. I know it's in your hands, but it's actually also not. I uh, sadly say again into it, I go, saxophone? <laughs> but it comes out beautifully. <laughs> I don't have it. It is taking a bit of my power to just maintain concentration on uh, having that. Luckily, God of Time again, I have a lot of power. As long as I remain in my domain. Well, if, if we're getting things we want for servitude, then um, <laughs> can you find me something to get me back my body from when I was 24? Oh, um, some, uh, some, uh, youth. Yeah. Youth. Yeah, something uh, that'll, um, give me, give me my, my, you know, my college body back before, you know, those nights of drinking took over. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, a, that's pretty rare. I'm gonna have to look into that, okay? I've got some guys, I've got some guys that I can, uh... So in that case, the item would be you. You'd be like, I'm the item. (laughs) (laughs) It's a personal trainer. You know, the real, the easiest path to that might be, uh, you know, working on yourself. Um, Shut up. With my help, of course. (laughs) Oh, fuck you. Uh, You know what? I thought you were a god of time. I'm just asking for a body that I had not more than a couple years ago. Hey, let me play some workout music for you on my new saxophone over here. <laughs> I can start playing some <laughs> some jazzercise stuff. I, I, I sway my hips kind of rhythmically when that's your plan. We're on, we're on our way over here. You actually uh, feel your uh, hair change positions. It's flipped over, and you touch the top of your head, and there's a little hair clip in your hair. Oh. <laughs> and it's, like, very intricate and, you know. You put my hair in a bun with this. Oh, don't, don't pull it out. Leave it in there, honey. It's connected to your brain. You'll die. Okay, I will leave it in, Mr. Uh, Corgi Kaju. You look down at your body and 
you know, you've always been thick. You're you're thick, but you are toned, and it's that body you've always always uh, dreamed you'd get back into. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Start playing more sultry music on the sax. Oh, I've lost that milfy hotness, but I certainly could work in a different category of the adult film industry. <laughs> and your hair is more rich. It's it's like you lost uh, 15 years. I wasn't going bald, goddammit. My hair was always luscious. No, it's, it's, it's even better than it was. It's, it's your young, youthful hair. It's got that body. Oh my goodness. I look at the corgi and take a knee. My liege, you have an eternal servant in Caradactyl. <laughs> yeah, sorry for my sense of humor. I love uh, toying with you folks. Of course I can do stuff. Again, limitations, but that's totally within my reach. Sorry I toyed with you a little bit there. I don't. I, I check my breast and they're perky again. You, I will do whatever you want. I don't need anything else. I have everything I need. <laughs> <laughs> so do I now. Oh. As you say that, you look down and all of your equipment is the same stuff but nicer. You have you basically have plus one of every um, equipment that you want. Oh my goodness. This would have cost so many rocks. Thank you, Mr. Tom Corgi. <laughs> Rourke, uh, what, what can I do for you? Is there anything special? Like a vorpal sword or something? How about two? Hey, you know... It's pretty good being able to fly and stuff, but what I really like is being able to sneak up on some enemies. Like, some way I can get behind them real quick and get a sneak attack. Oh, um, yes, I've, I've got that. I've got something for you. Um, you feel something in your hand. Uh, go, go ahead and, uh, toss that up in the air right next to you. Oh, is that a magic item in my hand or am I just happy to be here? Hey. <laughs> so I throw it in the air. I throw this little disc into the air. Uh, as you throw that disc in the air, it unfurls. Oh, wait. Stop, 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 stop. Time out, time out, time out. It, it's a rock. <laughs> oh, that's a nice rock over there. Have uh, you been holding that money on us? It's got rocks. This rock, <laughs> as it leaves Rourke's hand, it expands and unfurls, and then it begins to do that thing that, like, uh, those fancy pop-up tents do, that they completely unfold into <laughs> uh, a completely Ooh. erected tent. But this is, it, it unfolds and unfurls into a, it, it's a doorway that opens up. <laughs> and Persepolis says, um, so if you just uh, toss that up real quick as a bonus action, you can uh, pop through that doorway there and end up anywhere you want to, uh, 50 feet away from yourself. Hey, this is pretty great. So I open the door, I try it out right now, and I pop up behind the dog. It, the dog is too big to pop up behind, uh, but you do, you pop up like uh, the dog's 20 feet away and you pop up behind its left paw, his front left paw, which is itself 15 feet wide. Nice. Hey, this is pretty great. <laughs> and uh, you as well, you look down and you have all of your equipment is maxed out. Any armor that you saw in the store that you couldn't afford that's like this magical armor you just have a fully decked out set of equipment Oof, good deal i like this stuff eh pythe hello little snake buddy you're such a oh my goodness you're wonderful the loyal paladin going undercover into that organization i loved watching that story i broke my heart knowing i'd have to pull you out of it and you'd fail yeah, it was doing pretty well until I uh, tried to get rescued. Yeah, that was uh, 
Bit of a bummer. Well, you know, um, you didn't see that uh, summoning coming. I did not. They kept that from you. You did a great job, but uh, you did what you could. Yeah, it was out of your hands, really. Good try, good college old try. Is what do you want, bud? Uh, the only thing I really want uh, is to know if being, uh, uh, you know, an, an agent in the mortal world to you, Pathepolis, is it going to interfere with my uh, being one of the chosen of Chantia? Oh, no, not at all, not at all. So here's the thing. Um, you, you, I had to kind of have a talk. I had to... Um, it's not that you are, are are lame or anything like that. It's just that uh, I'm I'm kind of. Uh, oh no! Don't worry. I don't seek, I don't seek uh, that sort of thing. I don't I don't have my own paladins or anything. I'm too busy with other things to be granting specific paladins powers. Um, but I did I did have a bit of a talk with old Shanti. Oh god. Uh, she's great. She's doing. She she can't wait to meet you, but um, she understands. She's lending you out to me. Uh, I assure you, she's all she's good with this. I had to check, yep, you know. Of course you did. Um, because you were about to go to her service and all, but um, yeah, she's good with it. She's happy. She's like, yeah, level him up, make him even more powerful before he gets here. He's, she's she's happy about. Is her right? afterlife afterlife like a Joanne's fabrics? Like you go into a. Arts and craft store. <laughs> I was gonna say it's something like that, but and mixed in with like the garden area of like. <laughs> yeah, Michael's. It's it's Michael's Depot. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want? I mean, I'll deck you out if if with uh, stuff I think is good for you. But well, I mean, I, I just want to scratch you behind your ear. Yeah. No, I'm actually I'm all right. I I've got nearly everything I need in order to uh, pursue uh, the forces of darkness and uh, right wrongs and uh, uh, become, you know, the uh, a, a force for good in uh, in an unjust and uh, and chaotic universe. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty jacked if it's alright with you. Well, that's fantastic to hear. You didn't ask for much, so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna Give you a bunch of stuff. You guys are going to... I'm going to deck you out. I'm going to think about it. And um, uh, first things first, uh, you guys have had a day. You've been through an ordeal. I will blink you into a very nice room. You can share rooms, whatever. I'm going to blink you into like a little uh, mezzanine, a little place for you to... It's like a little hotel your size, not this big old hallway you're in now. Oh, that's great. And you guys can... um. Pick your rooms and settle down. This this sounds fantastic. This is a hell of a hallway, by the way. You have done amazing work with this hallway. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I'm just really big, and um, it's kind of the only functional hallway for me at my true size. But um, Just kind of wondering if you have a poop in this hallway. <laughs> I am a god. I never poop. So I poop wherever I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I'm just kidding. I I eat it sometimes. It's got some nutrients that I hadn't had before. Uh, didn't dis- digest it all the way. <laughs> it's yummy. Oh, I thought of one other thing I want. Is there uh, some sort of ring you could give me that make all my exes realize they made a huge mistake by dumping my ass or, or by a huge mistake by <laughs> wronging me? 
Um, no, I, that would affect the current timeline that you are now technically outside of. Um, that is outside of my power. Again, can't break the universe. Not my timeline, not my problem, all right? <laughs> yes, yeah, so don't worry. Uh, they're all losers, and, and and they should miss you if they don't. I could get a good man if I wanted, okay? I just, I date losers because it's a self-esteem issue. Yeah, well, you know, there was the one guy. We know who you were talking about. I don't want, didn't want to bring that up. He was such a charmer. Anyways, you guys get settled in, and um, the thing is, tomorrow in your time, I don't really have time. I'm outside of it. Tomorrow, I'm gonna put you on a quest. It's kind of fake. I'm just gonna make a bunch of monsters for you to fight. <laughs> Interesting. I appreciate your honesty, really. It's refreshing. You'll you'll kill them with your super equipment that you have. And, a little um, bit of a test, huh? And then you'll level up. You'll uh, get better. It'll improve your abilities. I'm going to really put you to the pokers. The fire poke. I don't know. I'm bad with the sayings. <laughs> your, your gears will be grinded. I don't know how to say it. You will be tested, okay? You're going to be you're fighting some real tough stuff, but... Uh, with your equipment, you'll be able to take them out. So get ready for tomorrow. I am looking forward to learning Kung Fu with you. With that, you instantly find yourself in a very fancy hotel lobby. Whoa, it's like the Sheraton in here. I mean, oh, it's the Four Seasons over here. <laughs> it's fully stocked. It's got staff. It's got people. These must be the people that were, you know, brought in here to be offered to be heroes and didn't accept. So there's a lot of like capable, able-bodied, lovely people here. You see, uh, you know, really buff bellhops. Oh, tell me uh, more. So you're all damned is what you're trying to say. Is that is that right? One of the bellhops is a seven foot four muscly minotaur. I try to puff up to him like I'm not, you know, five five feet tall and I'm like, how you doing, huh? <laughs> yeah, how you doing? You're like a little version of him. Hey. Um when when you say that, he kinda looks at you and is like Oh, uh, uh, hello, sir. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. And he gives you a bunch of respect that you're a little confused by. Mm. And at that point, the receptionist gets your attention and says, Um, yes? Hello? Oh, hello, hello. Hello. How you doing? Hey, are we going to be charged for incidentals here? No, actually, you, um... Don't have to pay. Can I get for the late checkout? I'm a, trying to get a late checkout. By the way, I uh, say that again. A late checkout, if possible. Is that uh? Oh, you guys uh, don't. I guess yes. Sorry. Um, you have free reign of everything. You don't pay for anything at all. Well, here. Ooh, all inclusive. I like that. That's unbelievable. You guys have those cookies. Yeah, even more than inclusive, there will be times when you get stuff before you even think that you want to. Is this because we sat through that 30-minute speech mm. a minute ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this because I bought a freaking timeshare? We literally did buy a timeshare. Oh. <laughs> we did. Do you have any cookies behind the counter, like those delicious hotel cookies? <laughs> oh, uh, yes. Um, absolutely. We were expecting this uh, request. Here you chocolate are. Chocolate chip, if possible. They're fresh baked uh, chocolate chip cookies that just perfect. Yes, yes, two dollars. That looks good. Is there a little bit of salt on that? That's look a little flake salt there. That is. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. 
if you're expecting everything we're going to ask, then you already know I'm asking for several bathing suits that I've been able to fit in since high school. So go ahead and pass those on over, because I'm going to be trying those on in my room tonight. Um, yes, right behind you, turn around, and there's uh, one of those wheeling uh, carts with hangers. Uh, what's, what are those called? It's a rotisserie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Actually, yes. Uh, there's a... Um, Veritable rotisserie of bathing suits on a wheeled cart right behind you, uh, just rotating. Oh my god. You even got that Sugar Ray one from high school. That's, that's, uh, uh, that one didn't age well. (laughs) And there's ones that you just wanted in stores that you saw that you couldn't afford or were unsuccessful at stealing. Oh, look at that one piece. Is there any uh, trunks on there for your boy? What uh, what floor is the pool on, by the way? It's whichever door that you want it to be behind. This place is insane. It will trip you out sometimes. So just take your time. So what's it like to live beyond the grace of your dead? <laughs> I didn't have one uh, myself, so uh, there's plenty of other people here. Most of them don't, though. So it's rare that people with deities end up here because... Uh, they have to be asked for. He, like, twirls his holy symbol. He's like, huh. Yes, um, and don't mind people uh, treating you a little strangely. You're kind of celebrities now. But yeah, so you have free reign. Uh, when you open a door, it will be the room you want it to be. Go settle in. Get rested. You have a hard day in front of you. Okay, I, I, I'm hoping this next door is a spa. Bada Bingsley opens up a door and walks into a spa. He immediately drops all clothes, switches into a, just a towel, some slippers, <laughs> and uh, gets a spa on. Maybe a sauna, hot tub, steam. We leave Bada Bingsley in a steam. I'm going to have a sh- uh, schwitz. You guys uh, go on without me. <laughs> Kara, where do you go off to? Uh, she goes to her room, just says, I'll be in my room trying on swimsuits. Send a masseuse into my room in about two hours. Male or female, I don't care. Just make sure they're sexy. So, Absolutely. Already on their way. Rourke, where are you headed? The bar. Boy, I sure could use a drink after this day. Got bit in half, I tell you. Rourke opens up a door, and there is a bar that is exactly his scene. It's exactly the type of bar that he wants. Instead of stools at the bar, it's little perches for birds to sit on. It's the bar Jack Nicholson walks into in The Shining. (laughs) (laughs) It's full of a bunch of great-looking aracocra of a bunch of different species sitting on perches. (laughs) There's a few non-aracocra humanoids walking around looking at the perches like, ugh. Not, not really my my bag. And all the booze here is uh, Grey Goose, Vodka, and Wild Turkey. Parrot Bay. <laughs> nice. And now, finally, Pythe. Where do you go off to? Uh, Pythe would like to sort of get away from all this uh, idolatry. And uh, he opens the first door, and it's, it sort of resembles exactly the same sort of uh, small Spartan cell that he was uh, raised and trained in with tons. Just Flint, Michigan. Right. He, there's like a cot, uh, maybe a couple little tables for books and things, uh, religious texts. I'll just stand in the corner and punish myself. There's his dad who left for cigarettes 20 years ago and never came back. (laughs) (laughs) He opens up this grand, beautiful mahogany door. 
and walks into this very simple room in which he takes great comfort in the simplicity, but everything is just one iota nicer and more comfortable than what he was used to. Oh, he must hate it. (laughs) And with that, our adventurers recover from certain pit fiend death, (laughs) find themselves in this new land, and settle into their own various ways of decompressing. This is where our campaign ends. We're going to leave our characters here forever in this spot. In the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, we win. Victory. Oh, I hope this massage never ends. He's getting out these not so much stress. So glad we won. It's wonderful. Thank you for dungeon mastering. <laughs> you won D&D. Uh, this, this is it. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us. We'll be back next week. With us, as always, Jesse Egan. Where can people find oh, you? Oh, you can find me at Jesse Egan Comedy on all social media. Also, check the spot. Check out the new special. I've got a new stand-up special on Dry Bar Comedy called That's the Spirit. So please check it out. You can watch it for free on the Dry Bar Comedy app. You heard it, folks. you got to check this out. He's such a great comedian. Watch his stuff. It's a great special. Dave Callens, where can people find you? Oh, look me up on Twitter or Instagram at Sharkodile. Follow me there. If there are fans of the show, uh, Dave Callens does a, a nightly, I don't think he does the weekends, but five nights a week, he does a list. He's quite a movie aficionado, or so he claims. Check him out on Facebook. If you dare. On the Quarantine Network, if you dare. <laughs> Caleb Cleveland, where can our lovely fans find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Caleb is Drawing on all your friendly neighborhood social medias. At Caleb is Drawing. And I am going to ignore That's Damien. Fair. I'm, Clint- <laughs> I'm just kidding. Damien Mercado, where can people find uh, you? Unlike Caleb Cleveland, Caleb Cleveland takes all the lovely fans. I take all the dirtbag fans. So if you're a dirtbag and you listen to the show, please shoot me a tweet at AwfulDnd. I'm starting to think I should get my own Twitter handle and not live through the show. <laughs> nah. So you are I'll, the show, Damien. <laughs> that's right. People come here for my storytelling and listening to me stutter. They do. I know that's why I listen to this show and I'm a part of it. Listening to Damien stuttering makes me feel better about myself. I'm sure that's why we have most of our fans. I have been your... Damien Master for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Clint Beicher, and you can find me at Clint Beicher on all social medias that I'm aware of. Great job, Clint, man. That was really fun. Thanks, man. Woo! Later, nerds!